I rejected things like holiday rom-coms as garbage, as oh, yeah. thin, thin saccharine, not for me. I, my friend Ryan Ripple made me watch The Holiday and told me I would like it. Good for Ryan. And he was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, thanks for joining me for this holiday bonus episode of HILF, History I'd Like to Fuck with Don Brody. I'm Don Brody. And we've got tinsel up and a pine candle burning in the den. That's the Deluxe Edition Network. Unwrap your next favorite podcast by clicking the link in our show notes or go to deluxeeditionnetwork.com. And speaking of gifts, hey, if you'd like to stuff Hilf's stocking, here are three great ways. Uh, First, subscribe to us on whatever is your preferred listening platform. Uh, Second is to leave us a rating and a review while you're there. And third is to go give some love to the world. Mm -hmm. You heard me. Of course, I want you to become a patron of mine and blah. But listen, it's fucking Christmas. All right, so what would really jingle my bells is to spark your heart and inject some goodness into this world. Like, go give some money to the unhoused, I don't know, pet a shelter animal, call your oldest, grumpiest relative and, and, and remind them of something good. Because as a historian, I'll tell you what is the most consistent thing in page after page of our shared millennia of people and events. The little shit matters. The day-to-day minutia of our lives calcifies around us and gives us shape. A shape that fits into the beautiful machine of time. And you can influence what shape you take and, and alter the working of that machine. So make it dope. Yeah, joyful. Why not? And it's kind of what I'm doing with this episode, to be honest. Um, it's a little present <laughs> to myself. Because Leah Bonham, my guest, is a comedian and a podcaster and the author of a holiday rom-com novel called The Holiday Breakdown. (laughs) I know, right? I read it. I loved it. (laughs) And because I don't see Leah as often as I'd like to, I used this podcast, and therefore you, (laughs) dear listener, as an excuse to both read fluff for a change and invite a new friend over to my house. (laughs) Now, of course, I, I can't help but hilf, you know, the history of rom-coms a little bit, but mostly this is a free-flowing conversation where we discuss why serious people can love unserious literature and how to prove that Die Hard is definitely a Christmas movie. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Let's get started. I know we we could have done it over Zoom. Zoom is perfectly fine. Well, I like community, human interaction so much more. Exactly. No. Well, and I, I like you. I like you too. And it's harder to get LSD in your drink when you're at your house. <laughs> <laughs> you have a podcast also, which is so fucking good, um, called Were You Raised by Wolves uh, with Nick Layton. Um, what I love about your podcast is that it's an etiquette podcast. But you don't, you're not a cunt about it. (laughs) (laughs) And it's sort of like, it feels like Nick 
is sort of the etiquette expert. He's the one who's like reading the Emily post and like has it like locked down and you know a ton about it too, but he's usually sort of explaining to you what fork to use and that kind of stuff. Yeah, I don't, Nick does like extensive research. He is also like, um, you know, he's a, a more straight line thinker. Like he's, you know, very organized and I'll be like, what are my feelings? And <laughs> I've also grew up like literally in a barn, uh-huh. um, in Maine. And so I do feel like a lot of etiquette feels sort of like people have been left out and you, you know, you show, I've shown up places and been like, I do not fit in. And so like forks and tablecloths, I'm like, who, yeah. but then social etiquette is very important to me. Like I yeah. want people to feel comfortable. Yeah. I want people to feel like a part of something something and so that's sort of where we nick does a little history mm-hmm. and that which i always love because i think it's so interesting so good and then um we sort of figure out how the best way to handle situations and that's one of the things i love about nick is that w- it, i feel like it alleviates so much anxiety where he's like this is just what you do one of the ones you guys just did i thought was great was about holiday cards and and nick was explaining sort of the general rule for who you send your, your annual holiday cards to and who you should expect them from, where to put them, how to treat it. And it's, yeah, do whatever you want. But here's the thing, if you want to do it in a yeah. way that somebody's going to tick off a list and say it was right or wrong. Yeah. Um, how did you get to meet Nick? Nick and I were set up um, <laughs> by a person we both knew. Who was like, you know a lot about this. She knows nothing. She knows nothing. <laughs> she is your wolf. Um, and uh, no, as like uh, Nick, you know, the podcast was, um, Nick had been nurturing it in his mind and creating it. And then um, this third this third person was like, you know who I think you two would get along really well. And he said, they set us up and we'd actually never met prior to the podcast. Really? It so- feels like an old friendship. Sounds like an old friendship. And I, I, it's very interesting because, you know, in comedy and, and all kinds of creative, people come up to you and ask if you want to work on things together all the time. And I'm always grateful. But some of these things, you're like, this is not a match. It's not going to work. I, don't, I can't do this. But then with Nick, we didn't know each other. And I was like, I'm going to give this a shot, you know? Uh, it's something totally different than what I normally do. But I'm, I'm very in, invested in human relationships. Yeah. So that part of it is so interesting to me. And also the massive anxiety I was talking about, about feeling like I'm doing the wrong thing constantly. But um, he, so we started together September 2019. Uh-huh. And then the pandemic happened. So we just sort of gotten going. And Nick, I, Nick was the last person I saw before the pandemic mm. in New York, before we got shut down. Yikes. And then Nick sent me a mic set up. So my mic matched his mic, and then we just started Zooming. And then so we stayed, you know, through the pandemic mm-hmm. together, and then, um, you know, weekly. And then I moved to L.A., we, and then we already had the setup, so then now we're Zooming. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, it's so interesting because he's this person I didn't know at all, and now I spend more time with him than any other human being in the whole world. Yeah, it's <laughs> great. I love that. I love that. I also love wolves. Uh, you know, we do have people write in, they're like, you know, wolves are actually very organized. We're like, we know, it's we a know. phrase. Yeah. Yeah. Wolves are great, but they are polite at dinner. I think we can all agree. I think we can all agree. They're terrible at a tea party. (laughs) So you started the the podcast and then you started writing this book during the pandemic. Yes. Tell me about how you 
were inspired to start this and why you think 2020 was the time to do it? If you weren't in New York during the lockdown, it was, no, we couldn't go outside. You know, it was in the beginning, it was spreading so quickly, people didn't know what it was. There were like all these deaths where they didn't, they did, were running out of places to bury people. So they were like in Central Park, you know, and there was, we were all watching the news and banging our pots in the windows, you know, it mm. was like, and I have to, A, you know, as performers, we had lost, in, you know, mm. our, we didn't know how we were going to work. Um, and I need to put my brain somewhere so I don't deteriorate. And so I had been writing a horror script oh. and I started, I was like, I cannot do this right now. It was sort of right. like a little, a little dark future mm. kind of thing. And I was like, I can't do it. And then I was watching Christmas movies, which I love. Yeah. And I was like, I'm just going to do that. That's where I'm going to throw myself into. And I actually wrote this book. I love, um, like easy read like this is like a light read i love light read i do them on the subway or whatever but it's not set up like that kind of it's set up like a movie it's in like three acts so i actually wrote it out in acts uh-huh first which is i think not how you're supposed to do it but i i told myself i'm i've I've never done this. I've never written a book. I'm just going to put it out there in all of its not correct format and just be like, here it is. Sure. I'll do the best I can. And so it's. I wrote it out in three acts, and then I just followed that for the book. And what I did was I decided I wanted to get it um, up by my grandfather's. I had written it, and then I went and did other stuff, and then I decided I, w- I was actually going to go all the way through with it. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I wanted it up by my grandfather's birthday, who was my father's father, and he used to come up every Christmas. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you know how you, everybody has a person in their family that's just their person. Yeah. Um, he, he's a very hard worker. I mean, everybody in my family is, but he so appreciated. Like one time I carried a TV, and this was when TVs were still, you know, the fishbowl, and it was yeah. like a large TV. And he couldn't stop complimenting what a great um, you know, manual labor person. He was, and I was like, this is a, you know, I just, I lived for that moment. Yeah. He was like, have you seen her carry a TV? And you know what I mean? Like, no, I've never felt so loved. And, and you're just like kissing your biceps. Like you have given me more than, you know, more than, you know. Yeah. And so I wanted it up for that date. And then, um, so I just, I didn't do anything else. Hmm. That's what I did. I didn't, I was not going online. I did, we, Nick very graciously held the podcast. We, mm-hmm. cause I was like, I need to just, that's how I think well is to just go all the way into something. Mm-hmm. And then, um, that way, you know, you think of, Oh, I'll add that. I'll add that. Cause it, I feel like my brain works in the downtime. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's Stephen King on writing book that I was mentioning earlier, he has this great quote where he's, or not, I'm not quoting exactly, but the sentiment was he doesn't go back and edit until he goes all the way through. Mm. Cause if he goes back, he'll like hate it so much that it'll never, it'll be, Oh, that's not good. That's not good. And so I was like, I'm just going to go to the end and then I'll go back and yeah. then tear it up. Yeah. Um, so that's what I did. I was like, just plow through to the end. Yeah. It's so good. The story is generally too, I think, familiar territory from what I'm gathering oh, it's from the you. The most familiar territory. In that this is May, the the main character, it lives in in uh, New York or no, lives in L. A. Lives in L. A. Lives live in L. A. And she's got her dog. She's single. She you are single. very happily together, <laughs> but you she's single and she's a mess. And she's got the fantastic rom com manic. She trips a lot. She's goofy. She says the wrong thing. She's an unreal 
refined in so many ways, but also so that's why you like her. She's funny. She's quirky. She's passionate. She gets a message from her family that the ski center, the beloved ski center, <laughs> needs help, and she feels she has to go back. And on the way, her truck breaks down, and she meets the guy. An out-of-work forest ranger who has an uncanny <laughs> resemblance to the lead character in the books she's writing because wait a minute Maisel Ryder <laughs> having a hard time I mean among the things that was so fun is that I also love holiday rom-coms but I'm a convert because I am covered in tattoos I love the word cunt and fuck I love doing drugs and hurting people's feelings <laughs> but I'm a sweetheart and I love life and I love human you know what I mean like I, I, I have a, an adoration of the edge of the sharp edge <laughs> a little bit more, right? And therefore, I rejected things like holiday rom-coms as garbage, as oh, yeah. thin, thin saccharine, not for me. I, my friend Ryan Ripple made me watch The Holiday and told me I would like it. Good for Ryan. And he was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but then here's what happened. And I was like, this sucks. I also, he also showed me Gilmore Girls. And I was like, this is garbage, these are empty characters and stupid, unrealistic plot lines. And vapid, I don't think you know me, right? But like all humans, <laughs> we evolve in certain ways. And if we're not thorough jerks, we have the ability at some point to take a look again, right? And I appreciate a genre. And once I realized that rom-coms are their own thing, following their own rules, I could look at the world of rom-coms independent mm. of my edgy, where's the word cunt, where's the conflict, where's the historic dynamic hero's journey. Stop trying to find out why this is considered high art and go, oh, it's not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not. And it's not telling. It's never said it was. It's just good people getting strings of good luck and then winning in the end that's what it is man i literally watched uh love actually having been a hater saying hateful things and i was like okay okay okay, okay. i'm gonna watch this again and i liked it i liked it. i even like scenes i've hated i was like okay i don't need to be like what kind of asshole says this to his best friend's wife like what kind of deeply broken person holds a sign up to his married best friend's wife it is weird that is shit that is scary psychopathic shitty and then gives her that and then turns around and walks away like whew, load off my shoulders i'm, I'm like you fucking asshole what's she supposed to do with that now she's supposed to pretend lie to her husband no she's gotta lie to her husband too i was like this is awful why is this supposed to be a romantic movie these people are shit and then you go nah 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 <laughs> no 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 you're looking at it wrong man <sighs> you gotta be like that must have made her feel good <laughs> and then stop thinking about it <laughs> and i was like oh come on i can do that i can do that and then i start watching these netflix ones I'll tell you the one that I, I watched while I was reading your book that had me with my legs. I was doing baby legs up in the air because I was like, it's just like the book. I was like, Leah did it. <laughs> Leah captured the spirit. Um, a Castle for Christmas. Oh, yeah. Brooke, Brooke Shields, Brooke Sh Carrie Elias. Come on. That's a great one. It's great. I loved it. She's a writer. 
<laughs> she gets to town and some of the people it's if it helps the plot they know she's a writer <laughs> if it doesn't they've never heard of her before. we're making it easy <laughs> they always also like the women always it, my character in the book her fr- her best friend is like very aware that it's like a plot of a movie because um, I follow all the tropes openly. Yes. And um, what's so funny is that with these women in all of these, including this, um, stay with these men. Then in real life, you'd be like, this is, I'm setting myself up for a crime. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> this is, uh, this is unsafe. <laughs> I think predictability, often people are like, why would I want something that's so predictable? And it's because it's. And then for me, I'm like, I'm, I'm so comforted by it, mm-hmm. you know? Because I also love, my other, my other favorite genre is like dark, deep revenge thrillers, horrors, you know, tragic movies. And then, so this is like, you know, as it, it, it as you said earlier, it's like a salve. Mm-hmm. So it's very two roads diverge in the woods. I follow both of them. I just, <laughs> but... Um, yeah. Well, and I think that there's, because it is comforting. I think, I think you hit the nail on the head that the predictability is what's comforting in both genres. Because there were times I was reading your book that I felt myself going down that other path, not in judging your book, but in, in trying to predict what's going to happen with these characters. So I'd be like, you know, he's gay. When is his, when is his <laughs> ex-girlfriend gonna, when is, what's gonna be the conflict here? What's gonna be the thing that throws this whole thing up in the air, breaks her heart, makes them, and it was like, no, it's just, um, there's a simple misunderstanding. Simple misunderstanding. There's a very simple misunderstanding that was easily overcome. Um, everyone's very available. <laughs> everyone's very into it. This is about simply watching how it comes together. And that was what was fun. <laughs> And, and there was a little surprise at the end that I'm not going to reveal. But there was the, the very last moment. I was like, oh, huh. Look at that. <laughs> that was great. And I, I closed the book and was like, <laughs> I didn't see that one coming. I, my, the person I was working with at this, the time, uh, my manager at the time, he had, was unfamiliar with the Christmas genre. Oh. And he um, read it. And he was like, I feel like there's not a conflict. And I go, oh, Go watch three Christmas movies. And I said it yeah. in the nice way. I go, go watch three Christmas movies. Come back. Mm-hmm. And then he, because he was like, what this, it's just like a, and then the, with the editor and the, and I go, oh, oh, give it a look. I was like, this is, trust me. Trust me. And then he came back. He goes, okay, I get it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. If only in my I actually looked at the definition of a rom-com. Okay. Okay. Oxford says it is uh, a story that uh, concludes happily and avoids serious satire. That is the definition. Oh, it's in the de- I love that it's in the definition. Oxford girl. <laughs> okay, so I do have for you, Leah, because I couldn't help it. I know I told you that this wasn't a hilf. That I wasn't going to do like a proper like crazy deep dive, but I also can't help it. I am pulled. And so I had to fuck a little bit of rom-com history. And I have a couple of quiz questions. Oh, I mean, I'm going to get it wrong. Uh, really? I want our listeners to know that I'm bad with DJ. I'm good with feelings, just like with Where You Raised, but great with feelings. Like people always want me on their Lord of the Rings things because oh. I love Lord of the Rings. That's my, I know how it's going to go and it makes me cry every time and I have all these feelings. And then, um, but I don't remember... You know, like, oh, this is the person in the house of whatever, and the, they were this oh. name, and because it's just not how I, so yeah. I, I'm brutal at these. I just want everybody listening to know. 
Okay. Up front when you were like, wow, she is, had she lived in a box? No, I think, you know what I'll do? Because this is in the, in the, in the holiday spirit, I am going to uh, phrase these in an emotional language that will be difficult <laughs> for you to fail. In the spirit of a rom-com, you're going to win in the end. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to know, like in college, like I was like, I want the essay. I, I, I had to do a driver's test when I came to California. You, you have to reach, I was like, can I answer this in essay form? Because I do not like these. <laughs> Um, okay, well, there is there is a, a term within the rom-com uh, genre that was coined by Robert Ebert. Uh, by Roger I guess what, Ebert. I can guess what it is. <gasps> yeah. Are you going to say meat cute? Yeah. <laughs> Look, you nailed it. I did. Girl. You did the question. Girl, not only did you get you got it. You anticipate you could be, this is like A plus. <laughs> meat cute. Tell us. Define meat cute so, in the world of a rom-com. My definition, which is, you know, my feeling is, is I feel like there's actually probably exa- words that are correct, but it's when the, who is going to be the two main characters mm-hmm. first uh, bump into each other and the moment that is surrounding that. Yes. The setup. The setup. It's like so perfectly like, oh, I tripped and spilled on you. And totally. Gotta be ador- it's gotta be adorable. It's kind of chance. There's some destiny thrown in. Totally. It's cute. It's cute. And what was the meat cute in your book? What did you, <laughs> when you were chewing on your pencil tip, what did you select? So often the men in these, or the the person who is the going to be the leading man, um, are uh, in some form of a job where they help people. Yeah. Real so, hero. So, yeah, so I went park ranger. Mm. <laughs> uniform as a uniform also I'm from Maine I like the woods mm. uh so her she dri- she's driving cross country because it's called a hol- the holiday breakdown because she has a breakdown and her car breaks down um the double entendre. <laughs> and she didn't get the car uh checked before she left which she should have done her should have mo- done that but her mom told her to so she was like I'm not doing anything you tell me. And her dog's in the car named Scarpetto, which is after my favorite detective novel um, lead character. Um, okay, Scarpetta. Obviously, Patricia Conwell. Anyway, um, <laughs> so the car breaks down. Yeah. And she calls for a tow. And uh, somebody drives up behind her to get out. And he gets out of the car. I personally, Leah Bonima love men's legs. Mm. So the character May, who's named after my Nana, um, also loves men's legs. And, okay. oh, and also, I try to fit everything in here. I love Her last, So the first, you know, I wasn't allowed to watch television growing up. And at somebody's house, I saw Romancing the Stone. <gasps> Yes. Which lives large in my she emotional sees history. She his legs <laughs> first. But also my main male character is their two names pushed together. Oh, boy. But she also sees his legs. That's He's wearing right. those white pants That's and he right. jumps down. That's right. I just, I feel love like it. that was where... And it, that's funny. It's action. I loved it. But well, um, we also she has great. She was lives. also a writer. She was also, She's a, writer, also a writer. And he resembles her her leading man in her romantic yes. novels. Girl, I die. pull I pull all my favorites. Do it, it do it. And um, so he gets out of the car in the dusk, mm. and she, she doesn't understand what's happening, but she feels like she has heat seaters on. <laughs> seat heaters on even though her car's too old for seat heaters and her car is obviously off because her car broke <laughs> um 
But I wanted to keep it family, so yeah. you know, only adults will understand. Yeah, that yeah. her vagina's <laughs> fluttering. She's getting hot. <laughs> yeah, this this is also the other thing about your book is there is no fuck, Mm-mm. no shit, not mm. the the yeah, and any sort of um, allusion to uh, how turned on is butterflies is is I feel heat and flushed, and um, yeah, you can read this aloud in the car. On anywhere you need to go. Something like, uh, I'd like to trim that tree. I throw that one out uh there. I'd like to trim that tree. I also, I'd like to, actually, I think, I think there was one. Oh, I, I, you're dog. Look at me. I dog-eared your book because I can't help it. I'm a nerd. Um, boy, I'd like to deck those halls. Deck those halls. That was, that was, uh, what is wrong with me? Okay. As I flipped through your book here, this was the other dog-eared page is the conversation between your two main characters, May and Jack about holiday movies, which seals the deal for May's crush. I mean, she, it's easy. Of course, his legs, he's got great legs. He likes Lord of the Rings. He's got a nice dog. Their dog's good. I mean, it's all that tick tick. Gotta have it. But then they have this conversation about Christmas <laughs> movies that I couldn't help but believe is a dialogue that taken from a slice of life, probably <laughs> at least once that you've had. You, your characters, of course, agree on everything. And so they both agree that Die Hard, for example, is a Christmas movie. Does anyone deny that Die Hard is a Some Christmas movie? Some people are just movie? so angry about it that they don't want it to be. And they'll just, I, I mean, it's clearly a Christmas movie. It it's has clearly. all of the... The so, credits roll to a Christmas song. A Christmas song. It has a Christmas moral. yes. The whole thing is there's a kiss at the end. He wears there's a hat in yeah, there. No. There's a ho ho ho. Not only do, does my family agree that Die Hard is a Christmas movie, but it is the first Christmas movie that we watch every year. Us too. That's adorable. Because my we da- just had a meet you at home. We did it. That's our meet you. <laughs> our my my dad would start Christmas movies in September, late August, Smart. and my, my mother has a rule in that no. Oh, November first. So my dad sneaks in there. Like the Bells of St. Mary's. It starts with the diehards. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. He's got a plan. I, we similar around here. We like at Halloween. We go hard on Halloween. So we like, we don't want our Christmas to like steal from Halloween. But yeah, towards the end there, I'm like, we could watch like Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> you know, cause like, it's, it's like, especially the late ones, but there's always a great Christmas scene. Always in a Harry Potter. I movie. like the way you think. No one can disagree that like Shakespeare kind of locked up the rom-com mistaken at like as you like it much ado about nothing in particular where you've got your two main characters you know they're going to get together mm-hmm. there's a little misunderstanding there's more murder than netflix usually has but i mean it's a i always feel like it's a light murder <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 off stage it's referenced yeah i don't feel particularly <laughs> Um, the 18th century had these restoration comedies that I think kind of count. They were like these romantic melodramas and they had a lot of, ele- of the elements that we now consider as a like modern definition of a rom-com. And I think they might also appeal to you as a historical nugget because the humor and the, the stakes hinge on etiquette. Mm. Because it's that Victorian 18th century. So for the audience watching it to be like, oh, no, they have to know that you don't put the cucumber sandwiches out (laughs) with the tea. It's simply not done. And here this bumbling guy is, you know what I mean? So understanding the etiquette so that you can understand 
the mishaps are key to kind of understanding the calm. Oh, I love that. I love that. Then the 20th century rolls around and our rom-coms come to Hollywood and your book does feel, it reads more like a movie script in the sense that we generally, you, the reader are sitting with May and you are hearing May's thoughts and you're understanding kind of what's in May's head. But every once in a while it can switch to a room May's not in and be a, give you a fly on the wall sort of cinematic um, understanding of what's happening in places that May doesn't have access to. Um, and that felt m- like a script. I definitely broke a few rules. Um, I also didn't, I f- do not physically describe anybody in that book. That was what, another thing I loved. Yeah, there would be, the, the physical descriptions were emotional. They're emotional. Like, I feel like you get an idea of the character, how they present themselves because of their, it, whatever their quirks are. Mm-hmm. But I hate when I'm reading, I don't hate it. People can do what they want. But when you're reading a book and you've decided what somebody's like, mm-hmm. and then they give you an age and like a, a physical trait, and you're like, what? Yeah, that's not right. And they're like, no, I wrote it. And you're like, but you're wrong. In my head, you're wrong. <laughs> and so I wanted people to see whoever they wanted to see. Um, and then I was like, can I do that? Is that? And then I was like, oh, it's my book. <laughs> I can do whatever the fuck I want. I, I can just do it totally wrong. And people can be like, that's not right. And I'll be like, well, that's what I decided to do. It's my book. See this name on the front? That's my name. <laughs> That's my name. Because I read it. <laughs> How did you feel when you had finished it and you're putting it out there? You know, it's, I'm not following the correct format. There's, I'm, you know, not an English major. I, multiple things that made me nervous. I love stories. I love Christmas. I wanted to do something during the pandemic. And so my significant other, who is my Samwise Gamgee? If you read the book, and <laughs> yeah. um, or have seen Lord of the Rings, uh, or read Lord of the Rings, um, <laughs> any of the above, I or get cultural references about Lord of the Rings. <laughs> uh, he, he he was uh, your two favorite authors, and I, my two favorite authors are in completely different genres. Yeah, and so I said my two favorite authors, and we pulled them up, and then like the first, I love Kurt Vonnegut. Mm. like the first review on one of uh it was like this is total crap and nice. and then i love karen robards who's a romance miss romance thriller mm. i mean we wouldn't even call it romance we would call it okay. <laughs> fuck books fuck and books. uh she you know people people who love her love her and then there's oh it, that he just did that because i was like people are gonna saving things or whatever and he and then it just remind me that like my most favorite people in the whole world yes have people just being critical because they have nothing else to do. And mm-hmm. who gives a shit? And just yeah. put it out there. Just yeah. do it. Just get it done. Yeah. It's you love this kind of genre. You love it. You love it. Put it out. Yeah. The next one, and you'll do another one. And each time it'll get better. And so it definitely was. I don't think I could have done it if I wasn't during a pandemic. Yeah. I would have felt too insecure. Sure. Um, but because it was a pandemic, I was like, this was something I created. Yeah, people are learning French and probably not speaking great French, <laughs> but that's what we're doing. It brought me so much joy doing it. Totally. I really loved it. And actually, you know, I wrote it as a Kindle first. Yeah. And so when I made it, I was like, oh, this is actually like a book. It feels like a book. It's I got did, a lot of pages. I was like, is this like two pages? You know, I had no idea. Yeah, totally, totally. And then I, I was like, I can't believe there's all those pages there. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Oh, how did you get the cover art design? So the cover art, I went to Fiverr. Great. I've done that. So I don't think in, you know, it's the same thing with the details. I don't think in, like my fiance, I call I don't know what I called him earlier. He is my fiance, but we've been engaged for so long that I often just call him my boyfriend. He's my, <laughs> we're very happy. We're just, 
nobody's organized. And um, he he's like a good detail. Like he does our decorating, you know. But you, I can tell you what I, I want something to feel like, but it doesn't. Mm-hmm. So I found, I put in the word whimsical. Wonderful. And I found this person who I liked their vibe. And I messaged her and I said, I wanted to have letters with pictures in the letters because I don't, most rom-coms have like a, a silhouette or like two yeah. people's faces. I didn't want anybody having any preconceptions about what these people looked like because I wanted them to be able to build it based off their own life and feelings. Right. I go, I just want letters. And then I want things that are in the book, like cookies and trees and a tow truck in the letters and I tried to describe it and then on the first go she got exactly what I had in my Uh, mind it's perfect you always make me feel really good about it (laughs) you know you really do and I appreciate that because sometimes I think oh and and then no I wrote I did I wrote a book and there's like words in there so many words so many pages (laughs) chapters with titles of chapters are you going to write another book well i have in my mind what would be the next book Mm -hmm. i cannot imagine what it would take for me to sit down and have that kind of focus again Hmm. um i guess i could do that thing where people do where like i'll just do an hour every morning or go on a retreat because stand up i find Mm. you're booking the sets you're you know then you're figuring out where you're going you're promoting the shows you're actually going to the shows and so that takes up so much time plus you know all the other things you do in life and so to have a corner of my brain that's just um but i do know my dream you know netflix does those three movie series Mm -hmm. like they have um Mm-hmm. A Princess for Christmas. It's three movies. Mm-hmm. They have um, Christmas Prince. Christmas Prince, and um, uh, there's one where she has a twin, and then she has a triplet. The switch, and that the holiday switch. Is it the holiday switch? I think so. Um, so they're all in, at three. Is this this I could see as a three? I, I imagine. Uh-huh. So the n- next two I have imagined the wedding, the baby. Right? I'm not going to do the baby on the third one. No. Because I there is a thing in this where often women leave their jobs or decide they didn't want to do their job anymore mm-hmm. in these and I didn't want to have that. Yeah. And I wanted it to represent more my relationship where we both work very separately and it's totally fine. And it's groovy. Yeah. Um so I wanted it to be uh Save the town. She's gonna save the town, which they have in a lot of Hallmark movies. And then in the third one, because she's a detective writer, I actually want it to be a Christmas detective story. <gasps> Love it. But they're not thought out like yeah. detailed. But I mean, I could see boom, boom, boom. That'd be so cool. I think you should do it. I would love to do it. I just have to. You know, the world just needs to stop. You know, next pandemic, I'm going to knock it out. Here's the good news. Everyone says there's going to be more. So, <laughs> so fingers I, crossed. I have my plans. <laughs> it's nice to have something on the shelf for the apocalypse. <laughs> you know? Something to look forward to. Listen, before I go, I have been keeping a list since I knew we were going to be recording. I've watched as many as I could, as many as I could convince so my honored. fella to. And I just want to go through the list of great holiday rom-coms, get from you, kind of a general you know this is a bonus episode people are going to be probably tits deep in their own holiday movie watching eggnoggin exactly hot coffee and hot coffee hot cocoa in. and they may be like deeply invested in these movies and want to know how aligned we are they might just be taking a list of things they must see we could be changing lives out there Liam. i hope so the holiday um jack black cameron diaz jude law 
Kate Winslet. It's my dad's favorite. Really? Yeah. Okay. And I, you know, I have actually had a a very similar curve that you've had where for a long time I was like, this This is is trash. trash. And that was at the top of my trash because that Uh is just romance. (laughs) And then Jude Law cries. Mm. And you think, I can hang in there for a little longer. Look at those beautiful eyes. I didn't know they could get bluer. (laughs) I don't know why I find him so incredibly attractive. But I also feel like, it's like if you went to Cirque du Soleil being like, oh, here we go. Everyone's going to shoot up into the air. Here we go with the fire again. Oh, look at him. Oh, she's defying gravity. (laughs) This is so cliche. It's like at some point you're like, okay, this is what you're doing. This is what this is. You you have to stop. You got to completely give yourself to it. Give yourself to it. And then it's so beautiful. And once you give yourself to the holiday, it is gorgeous. It's gorgeous. And Kate Winslet Mm. with the arguably the best relationship in the whole movie is her mm. relationship with the neighbor yes who is like a, a hollywood like a like a old hollywood mm-hmm. legend mm. and he's she's sort of they they really come together and and help each other and that's my favorite often in these movies my friendships the friendships are my favorite and you do a great job of that with is it mitzi is that, am I saying her name right? Mitzi is the, is the inn owner. Mitzi owns the inn, and they're sort of pulling a white Christmas on each other where there's two couples that should be together, think they're working secretly to get the other couple together, and it's adorable. I really try to weave in everything I, everything I got from uh, you really did. I feel like Christmas you, movie history. You know the difference between a sniper rifle and a blunderbuss. <laughs> Like you, you didn't shoot one bullet. Oh, yes. You, you got the musket that's shaped like a bucket. <laughs> you shot yeah. all of it. All there it all comes out. <laughs> um, what about Four Christmases? Reese Witherspoon, Vince Vaughn. Just rewatched that on the plane. Mm. Um, I love this movie. I think that Vince Vaughn has incredible comedic timing. Mm, he does. Um, also, his brothers hilarious hilarious and um the scene in the church with dwight yoakam <laughs> it's a great cameo also mary steengarden she plays um reese witherspoon's mother uh-huh she's also an elf oh um and so good she, she's she's incredible love i love her but i the the church part also i feel like they have a new take this is a different take mm-hmm. on chris on Oh, and then when, uh, I don't want to give it away, but his mom and his mom's new relation, the scene where they're playing Taboo. Oh, it's fantastic. And like perfect for watching with your family at the holidays because you, the foibles and the thing, like it, it's hysterical. very funny. So funny and modern, like it's modern. allows the modern life and the modern family dynamics to play a part in the plot, but not bring it down. Yeah. And right? there's a little sexy time right up top. Love. This is one I wrote down because the internet said everyone loves it and I haven't seen it. So I'm curious for your review. The Family Stone. Sarah Jessica Parker, Diane Hard no for me. Hard no. What is it about The Family Stone you don't like? Uh, It's sad. Oh. Oh. I don't do sad at Christmas. No. That's not rom-com. People love it because it's a great story. It's great actors. It's, you know, all all those things. That's not what I'm coming to Christmas for. We don't want that. No, that's more of a New Year's deal. I want fake... (laughs) I want decorations. I want to laugh. I want to feel loved. I want a happy ending. Everyone's making it out of here. Yeah. Everybody's making it out of here. That's exactly (laughs) right. Um, While You Were Sleeping, Sandra Bullock, Bill Pullman. Is that a Christmas movie? I guess so sad. I think these are more slipping into straight rom-com. Because like Bridget Jones's diary 
has a, a an important Christmas party, but I don't know if I would count that as a Christmas rom-com. Straight up, I feel like I'm really going to d- divide the... Ro- I don't watch rom-coms Only holiday. Only yeah. holiday rom-coms. Yeah. So... I haven't even watched While You Were Sleeping. <gasps> okay. Okay. That's interesting. What is it about the holiday rom-com that you say yes to, that, you, that without a wreath on it, you say no because to. Christmas is a special time of year where everything is more magic and there's miracles. Got it. The rest of the year, get your shit together. Yeah. It's, love, a, it's a hard life out there. Love, does, <laughs> love doesn't get this kind of treatment. <laughs> you, your meat cute is a meat grinder <laughs> if it happens in February. <laughs> November, it. December, yes. The rest of the year, what world are you living in? He was obviously a drug addict <laughs> and you had it coming. Yeah. <laughs> Um, what about Love Actually? Where do you fall? I, I'm a huge fan of Love Actually. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you know this. So the kid, Liam Neeson, is the... Yeah. There is actually a scene that's been deleted that if you... So he, you know, he was... The whole arc of this character was deleted. He was a gymnast before his mother passed. Oh. Key to this is that the mom passed before the movie started. Got that. So we didn't fall in love with the mom and then we lose her. Great. So, Key. yeah. Everybody that came in gets out. Um, but he gave up doing gymnasticism, uh, gymnastics for, well, after his mom's passing. Uh-huh. And then when he's running through to chase the girl at the airport, the scene is that he does gymnastics through the whole, uh. he's flipping, he's d- diving, he's jumping. And I watched, it definitely ch- would change the whole tone of the movie. My favorite love story, though, in Love Actually, is the rock star. And oh, yes, and the rock star and the manager. I, it's the best story. It's the best story. I also find him very attractive. Same. He's um, terrific. Bill so, Nye. Yes. Not... To be confused with Bill Nye, the science Curry. guy. <laughs> Which, who also has his assets. Has his assets. Um, what am I missing? What is Leah Bonema's cannot miss? It is not Christmas without holiday rom-com. So this, because I also have a whole Christmas list that's not rom-com. It's okay. more like silly Christmas. So, um, I mean, so I love Christmas Inheritance. That's a Netflix. Great. Uh, knocks it out of the park. Great. Um, I also love the Christmas calendar. There's two Christmas calendars. Mm-hmm. It's the Netflix one. It's Great. about an advent calendar. So Great. if you get in there, you're like, which one is it? It's the advent calendar one. I also like Single All the Way. It's a Netflix. Netflix is coming out for you Yeah, they really, they have taken the format and then added more comedy to mm-hmm. it. Really knocked it out of the park. I like Fred Claus, which is also Vince Vaughn. He plays uh, Santa Claus's brother. Great. I, there's great acting in that movie. Like they take a silly premise and then they bring in like Kathy Bates. You know what I mean? And yeah. they're like, this is, God bless why am I having all these feelings? So good. That and was like when The Rock played The Tooth Fairy. And I was like, <laughs> that oh is my a God. great movie. It's a great movie. And he's great in it. He's fantastic. Yeah. It's like Here Comes the Boom. Have you seen that? <sighs> no. And you're like, I'm having so many emotions yeah. about this. It's unbelievable. Great. Also, love Scrooged. Oh, yes. Fantastic. Got it. The got Dickens it. out of them. The Dickens. Nobody gets me. Bobcat Goldthwait. Yeah. Yes. Um, the my my must to include some classics. We gotta have White Christmas. Gotta and have I, White Christmas. And I've gotta have um, It's a Wonderful Life. Gotta. Devastating. Devastating. Gotta have it. Christmas in Connecticut, the original version with Barbara Stanwyck. Ooh, must. That's a rom com. Okay. Now that I think I, I mean it's a classic movie, and that it's. Mm-hmm. But I would put actually put it as a rom com. I think Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street original. Yeah, has a rami kami with the daughter, you know, the neighbor, yes. and she's trying to get the neighbor to 
Technically, yes. No. People say When Harry Met Sally is a is a holiday rom-com, but I think that's only because it ends at a Christmas party. I actually wouldn't make that a holiday. I wouldn't say that's holiday. I'd agree. I don't, I, don't, I don't think a single Christmas scene makes a Christmas movie. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Has to be more than just one. Even though it is the ending. It is the conclusion. But it's not my takeaway. It's not... It doesn't feel... Is there a song? No. No, there's no song. There's just snow. That doesn't count. <laughs> do you have any New Year's resolutions? I don't. I don't do... I usually figure them out around February. But two years ago, it was to learn how to wear lipstick. Still haven't done it. Although, uh, last year, I wanted to be able to pull myself over a building in case of an apocalyptic situation. Smart. Because people always do that. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. My, all my strength is in my legs. Mm. So I actually have actively been working on my arm strength, and I feel like th- I've actually achieved that one. So, But I usually come up with what it's going to be around end of January. How about you? I usually say I don't like them because conceptually I don't. But I also do feel a compulsion at looking at the conclusion of a year and the beginning of a next year that I start pondering sort of organically these thoughts of like, okay... What, what's this one going to do? What is this one going to be like? But then I try not to tell other people because I don't love accountability. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I will myself, I'm very good at keeping myself accountable, but something happens. I have like a, a deep uh, rejection of authority. So if I say, hey, everybody, I'm going to try to lose 10 pounds and then I'm eating something and somebody's like, hey, you're not being accountable to your thing. I want to kill, not kill them. No, they deserve to die. If that is something... <laughs> Honestly, if somebody, I can't, if somebody says something and people come mm. over and go, are you gonna, you go, okay. Oh, how dare you? No, I, I'm actually very much the same way. Even though I seem like a very, I cannot handle people telling me what to do. I don't. Which is very funny because in a lot of situations, I just want to be like, can't you just tell me what, can someone just tell me what I'm supposed to be doing? Yeah. But then when somebody actually tells me what to do, well, A, it's always wrong. It's always these jerks that come Absolutely. over and volunteer and you're like, who, who, who the fuck why are you? are you telling people what to, to do? Tell. You're an idiot. But I love your optimism. I love that you're like, I don't listen to anybody. I want to do that. <laughs> but like, you have this deep-rooted optimism that says, I have to do pull-ups in case of the apocalypse. Like, you're not like, the apocalypse is coming. I it's got coming. It. It's coming. So, but but I'm going to get out of this. Everyone's getting out of this. <laughs> I think you really summed up my person. I'm a very, I, people will be like, the ship's going down, and I'll be like, oh, totally. I know, but totally. I don't, do not feel, <laughs> I'm still going to get, have a nice time with people until, mm-hmm. but I mean, uh, we're obviously going down. It Absolutely. Is, so get your arm strength together. This is, and is this not life? You <laughs> this, know, this none, of life. Us, none of us are getting out of that alive. <laughs> Nobody's getting out. No one's getting so, out of life alive, so let's just... Keep your matches dry and your heart open. Yes, you know? yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I hope you have an awesome Christmas and a great New Year. Thank you, you too, and thank you for having me. This was such a light. It was a joy. La, 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 la. La, 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 la. <laughs> Thanks again to Leah Bonama. Now, you can find her book, the holiday breakdown on Amazon or by clicking the links in our show notes and also check out all of her uh, social links so that you can see her live in a town near you. She's even more wonderful in person. Can you even? (laughs) Um, As for us, you'll find your next new full regularly scheduled HILF on January 3rd when I HILF some professional wrestling with the guys from Bacon is my podcast. Uh, Join us as we discuss the epic real life behind the ring drama known as the Montreal Screwjob.
Oh, until then, I wish the absolute best for you and yours during this Yuletide and long after. (laughs) I'll see you in the future.